Is this a test or a testament? Imagine if that head trash was not there. Who would you be? What if I told you those fears were no longer a problem? What would you do? I'm Stephanie Costello, a mom of three, wife, and avid mountaineer. Beyond all of these, I am, very much like you, an average person trying to navigate this thing we call life. My goal with this podcast is to bring to light the truth about what intimacy really is. You may smile, feel called out, or learn something new. Either way, you will learn you are in control. This episode is brought to you by Safety in Freedom. Are you struggling to find safety in the freedom you create? Or maybe you're struggling to own your power, embrace who you are, and break free from those toxic patterns? Well, let's help you solve this problem today. Let's figure out what is really happening in your relationships with yourself and others. You can do that for free today at safetyinfreedom.com forward slash call. That is safetyinfreedom.com forward slash call. In addition, if you are looking for support with what we've been talking about in today's episode, I want to encourage you to get our free tools to help you navigate your freedom. You can go now to safetyinfreedom.com to get those resources. If you'd like access to the special resources and all the show notes for the special episode, make sure to visit theintimacytruths.com. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing to you Olivia Hamill, who is a single mother and self-published author from New Hampshire. Her first book titled, Is This a Test or a Testament?, was made and debuted on July 31st, 2021. After overcoming generational narcissism and sexual abuse, she used writing as a way to transform her rage, grief, embarrassment, and shame into a beacon for her readers. Her intent behind this work is to reassure those who have had similar experiences that they are not alone. Her deepest hope is that her words will empower those individuals acting as a spark to ignite their own unique fire. All right, all right. Welcome to the Intimacy Truths podcast, where we have Olivia, the author of a new book called Is This a Test or a Testament? And I'm super excited to talk about what that title actually means and what's why you, not why, where you started your journey and how you got to where you are now. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be here. You're very welcome. So tell us, where did your test or testament start in your life? Well, I would say that really it all goes back to generational trauma. Mm. And these days there's a lot of talk of generational trauma and what Mm. that means. And it really goes into epigenetics, which means you're studying how environment affects our genetics. And so any trauma that your ancestor goes through, you will eventually go through or you'll suffer the repercussions of what they had previously been through. Um, and you know, it's, it's a scientific term, but it's also spiritual as well. There's a lot of talk about it in the spiritual community. How can we overcome the patterns of our ancestors? And I can really see it. You know, I don't know a lot about my distant, distant ancestors, but you know, in my um, maternal, maternal side of the family, you know, my mother, my grandmother, um, we're French Canadian, so I called her Meme. And I can really see how 
those certain patterns were passed down to me, specifically with, um, you know, narcissistic abuse, for example. Mm-hmm. So those women in my family, you know, at the core of narcissistic abuse, there's someone who wants to take care of other people because they feel like they want someone to take care of them. Mm-hmm. So it really comes down to, you know, treating people the way you want to be treated. That's the mindset behind it. So if you're treating someone, you know, you're taking care of them, you're loving them unconditionally, et cetera, you're expecting that in return. But oftentimes the people that we seek out, you know, these wounded people, unfortunately, they do turn out to be narcissists. Mm-hmm. And so, sorry, I'm getting a little emotional. Um, no worries, it's okay. You know, when I look back on these patterns, I can really see how how their lives were affected by it and how it was passed down to me. Mm. So when you're talking about generational trauma, it comes to a point where someone has to break that pattern, you know, and you're not just breaking that pattern for yourself. Right. You're breaking it for everyone after you and for everyone that came before you. Yeah. So it's it's not really simple, you know, I mean, breaking away from anything abusive is never simple Mm. but because there's so much energetically behind it it just takes a lot of more a lot more willpower totally and that's to speak to the test or a testament right Mm -hmm. um when it comes to essentially what you described is those of us who uh have participate or experienced uh, some sort of narcissistic abuse we, some of us become either a narcissist ourselves or a people pleaser, uh, a recovering rescuer. For example, I call myself a recovering rescuer, somebody who always just gives and gives and gives, and then gives to people that don't necessarily know how to reciprocate, which is my second point uh, in, in, our, in our evolution as, as people. There's a point where we have to come to this place of acceptance, which can be a test or a testament um, to of the fact that people that we crave that love from and whether it be parents, whether it be siblings, whether it be extended family, if we crave that love for them and they're not capable of loving because of their own traumas and their own experiences, it's not a uh, rejection to you. It's just a lack of skills, a lack of awareness, a lack of knowledge. And those of us who become aware and kind of can see that, that bigger picture are, it's important that we get to a place of acceptance and appreciation, not appreciation, but acceptance for the individual, their skill sets and where mm-hmm. they're at. And as soon as we can move from a place of acceptance and a radical acceptance is another uh, term that I use, it, it really gives us the power back to seek out those people that actually can love us in return and, and provide that love that we crave that that is not really uh, an unhealthy thing to crave it's a normal human thing to to want it's just making sure we're getting it from the right sources Mm -hmm. absolutely I agree with that and just to be clear when I'm talking about narcissistic narcissistic abuse like being Mm -hmm. um intergenerational I don't mean like my grandmother was a narcissist and then my mom was a narcissist I mean um you know they were seeking out they were, they were roles, yeah, where they were seeking out people to take care of, and then mm-hmm. they were the ones receiving the narcissistic abuse. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's one part of my journey, and one part of is this a test or a testament? Um, because there were times, you know, once you break free from that, I mean, it takes years. 
And that's something that I've had to come to accept. Mm. Um, when you say it takes years, what takes years? What's it? To shift your mindset. How about for you, do you, if you want to, what is some of the, when you say shift your mindset, where, mm -hmm. where was your mindset before? And then now that you've been on this journey, what's your mindset look like now? <laughs> um, well, you know, at the very beginning, it's, you think that, you know, you just keep giving the person another chance over and over and over. Um, and then you really just have to set boundaries you have to become comfortable with setting boundaries. And a lot of the time within narcissistic abuse, that means that you can't react to what they're saying, even if what they're saying is wrong. Mm -hmm. Even if you want the truth out there, you just can't react to it and you can't, you know, correct them with the truth because they'll, they'll never see the truth. So you have to shift your mindset into being okay with that, into being okay with understanding that you know what's true and that's all that really matters. Mm. Very true. So um, I know the, the test or a testament, uh, is this a test or a testament book? Mm -hmm. It's, it's a um, poem, book full of poems, correct? Yeah, it's a book of poetry. I have it right here. There we go, book of poetry. Actually, uh, my twin, my identical twin, who you previously spoke to um, and had on your podcast, designed it. They did an excellent job. And yes. here's the back here. Very cute. But yeah. Do you want to read one of your favorites? Yeah, absolutely. And actually, this was one that was just coming across my mind when I was talking about how you have to know what the truth is within yourself. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this poem is called Olivia. It's one of the last ones that I wrote. I didn't even really intend for it to be in the book. Um, and we were down at the, the final minutes of editing, um, but I just felt called to put it in there. <clears throat> when your namesake means peace, it can be challenging to rise up against abuse because women are programmed to think peace is synonymous with silence. What we forget is that peace is a result of the waves of justice rising up and casting out the sinners, rapists, pedophiles, narcissists, etc. The wave are collective voices and peace, not a bird perched on an ark, but the reassurance of these voices echoing against the water. And sorry, I'm so emotional. Ooh. No worries. <laughs> no need to apologize. Um, and you know, one of the, the biggest themes of that is that, you know, you'll never be able to, to speak your truth to a narcissist, but I find that, especially after quarantine, where people had a lot of time to sit mm -hmm. and to examine every aspect of their lives, especially relationships that they were enduring or had endured, um, you can speak your truth to others mm -hmm. and to yourself and that as the collective rises up and speaks these truths they're going to be acknowledged um mm. 
and legitimized and they're actually going to get the attention that they deserve. Exactly. The big piece about uh, trauma is especially when we end up taking the role as a people pleaser in, or a rescuer or covering rescuer as uh, instead of the narcissist or the persecutor. We, we, we learn that our our voice doesn't matter. We learn that we are not able to have uh, space in wherever environment that we're in because our space that we might be taking up is is taking away from the person who is the narcissist who can't handle that on their with their own identity. When we speak up as a person, their identity becomes threatened because we might be taking attention away from them. This is a very generic way of explaining it, uh, but it's the most uh, easily understood way to explain it. And so what your, your poem that you just read speaks to is learning how to break free from that, uh, that learning, that belief, that agreement that was made at a very young age, very early on in life. And when we break three or free, not three, free from that, that, that breaking out of that is so scary. It's threatening. Uh, it feels like our safety is being threatened on a daily basis when we choose to use our voice. Uh, it feels like we're not lovable. It feels it feels deep, deep down inside, like a, a threat to our own uh, identity and, and happiness. Um, but then we know with our wise mind, our subconscious mind, our brain, uh, who's been trained by trauma has said, you know, be quiet, which is the belief that we had very young until we got to a place of like, wait a minute, I do have my voice. Um, and and to a little side note, we are lucky because of the technology that we have that was not you know, people younger than uh, older than us who did not grow up with technology, did not have the parenting groups and the resources that we now have at the tip of our fingers. And so our voices are so much more heard nowadays than we have ever, than have ever um, been heard in the past. And so uh, to break out of that silence and into that voice, it, it, you, it's a significant state of transition. And one of my uh, core values is committing, experiencing, and creating change. And that's terribly uncomfortable. We learn how to walk or crawl, essentially. It's like we're little kids learning how to crawl again when we break out of that, uh, those stigmas and those beliefs that we made as kids in, in our uh, younger ages. So it's, it's absolutely incredible that you've taken that journey and uh, it's totally understandable to still be in a place of having some emotional reactions to it. Uh, I still on occasion have emotional reactions to my story when I'm sharing it. Um, my story started when I was 13 when I almost died from alcohol poisoning and had I been put in a room I would have I wouldn't be here today because I couldn't even roll over to you know I would have choked on my own vomit and so that is a very like whoa that's crazy you know kind of story for people and the fact that I say it without really any emotional response it could either be one that I haven't dealt with it which isn't true because I have many for many years um, been dealing with my trauma in my childhood um, and so now I'm in a place where that story is a uh, saving grace that story had was unfortunately a start to a tough journey but I've gotten to where I am now where a lot of people in my life can't say that they are where they have achieved some have some of the things that I've achieved. And not that I'm comparing myself or other, not that I'm holding myself on this high ground, but I am very proud of the commitments and the determination, the resiliency I have done committed to 
making, creating, experiencing, and um, committing to change. And so you keep up. Do. Good. Thank you. Keep up the good work. Uh, don't let your any of your um, potential fears hold you back. Uh, spreading your wings is it's just like a butterfly. If you think about the evolution of a butterfly, it's very symbolic to the evolution of life. We turn into this goo, which can be very painful and miserable. But as soon as we are capable of spreading our wings, when we first come out, we're gonna spread our wings, but our wings are wet and still figuring out what to do. And eventually they will dry off and we'll be able to spread our wings as best as we can, so. And it's funny that you say that because I had heard that recently that the transformation of a butterfly wasn't just, yeah. you know, a caterpillar going into its cocoon and then just, you know, effortlessly changing into a butterfly that they actually turn into a goo yeah. and melt down and it's terrible and it's pro I mean I would imagine it's painful yeah and you know there's this you know people use that metaphor all the time and it's beautiful it's a beautiful metaphor but then we miss out and you know there is this period of transformation mm. that is just harrowing yeah and painful and isolating and you know there's not really a space for it in society and I was kind of lucky in some ways that excuse me that um you know what had happened specifically that kind of sparked well led to me reading this or writing this book um you know happened a few months before quarantine so I had to like you know take remove myself from life basically and start dealing with everything but then we had you know the shutdown and you know quarantine and so I was lucky in that regards um but it was still really isolating mm. and you know navigating that for everyone was really difficult but so just that that whole period of time was like you know being in the cocoon but literally just melting <laughs> and still trying to keep things together for myself and my family yeah the thing about transformation is uh, pain is inevitable, suffering is an option. And I wish I knew this when I started my journey of healing at age 14, 13, 14 by myself. No clinical help. Uh, I just had to go to school and put a smile on my face and act like everything was okay. Um, I had mentors around me. I had sports. I always integrated myself into activities. So I at least had some sort of structure that sort of kept me on a straight and narrow path. Plus I wanted to be a cop. So I was really like committed to that journey. So I kept myself clean after my healing journey, uh, after my experience when I was 13. Mm -hmm. And so, um, where was I going with that? Oh yeah. The transformation pain is inevitable. Suffering is an option. It's going to be painful. It absolutely, the transformation from um, dysfunction to function is extremely painful. Oftentimes people shed themselves out of your life because you're trying to hold a boundary or a standard that you're desiring to live by. And those people don't understand it. They don't know why they feel rejected. There's a whole host of reasons why they might uh, reject that boundary, but you have every right to stand up to it. So as much as that boundary feels miserable to set because that person may fade out of your life, who knows? Love and light, right? Sending them love and light and they might come back. But your boundary is your boundary. And if it's a healthy one and done for a good purpose, then it needs to be there and deserves to be there. 
And so uh, when you are healing, when you do set boundaries and then you are processing what's happening and you're relearning new skills and, and all those other emotional, behavioral and communication skills, the right people can help you with navigating that pain effectively. Um, again, the pain is inevitable, but suffering is an option. Uh, you can let the pain cause immense suffering and maybe other terrible patterns can arise from that. Um, you know, not great coping skills. If there's not a lot of, if there's no good coping skills, then it will create a lot of suffering and that transformation is going to be miserable. Um, even more miserable than it already is. Yeah. So. And really that's what writing did, did for me during that period. It mm -hmm. was one of the only coping mechanisms that I had because, you know, we couldn't go anywhere yeah. during COVID you know, you can't see anyone, you can't talk to anyone. And um, like, I'm a sober person. I've never really struggled with that, but I just, it just hasn't resonated with me mm -hmm. because I know once, you know, once you use substances because you're feeling a certain way, you're only burying it and you'll have to deal with it later. So right. once you have to deal um, with two problems at that point. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I don't, it just got to the point where I was feeling so you know, bombarded by, see, I was having kind of like the opposite experience where I was setting boundaries with people, but, um, you know, people, they're still there not respecting the boundaries, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and it's a situation that where I couldn't, you, I can't really remove myself. I can, you know, to a certain point, but, but anyway, so it just got to the point where I was feeling so bombarded by everything that I just started writing and I've always loved writing and reading and, um, you know, I was always very passionate about it, but I just started writing and once I did, it felt better. And then I created videos of my poetry and then I would just go rewatch it. And I would, <laughs> I would take the perspective of watching it in someone else's eyes, who's dealing with something similar and <laughs> sorry I'm so emotional today. no no worries um you know and how that would resonate with them and just how it would feel to be on the other end of that mm -hmm. to receive that like I was receiving that guidance from someone else but it was actually for myself <laughs> yeah 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 interesting right that is very powerful our voice is very powerful and uh actually that happened to me recently what was it it is something, maybe my podcast, I've been doing this for a year and a half now, it'll be two years in January. And so um, when I go back and listen to myself back then, I'm like, what kind of little drops of wisdom will I be able to have from myself, you know, from my younger self? And secondly, this, this journey is an opportunity for me. This is, you know, kind of like a journal. This is a virtual journal that instead of reading in paper, what our thoughts are like our children when they get older instead of reading in paper what our thoughts were when we were younger to learn from us or whatever it might be now they have videos and videos and videos of me talking and you know talking to people and figuring out what life is like for me um and for them and all this crazy fun stuff so uh it's really cool to be able to share our voice and then go back and listen to our voice and remind ourselves of what we're really doing and that's where the, the pain is inevitable. Suffering is an option can really come into play because if we look where we are now, if we're in a date, a day, or a, we wake up in a place of suffering, 
okay, what can I do, right? Those coping skills, what can I do right now to make this change? And that a great way to do that is to look back of, okay, where was I then? And where am I now? Not where am I going to be? Because that's, that isn't, we can't predict that, but we can judge based on where we were and where we are now. And uh, that can inspire us to keep going and keep making those next steps little by little so that we can live the life in alignment with what we crave it to be. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so funny that you mentioned it, it being a journal because um, I do feel the same way about my YouTube videos. But when I when we created this book, I told Han that I wanted it to feel like a journal or like a scrapbook so that when someone was reading it, they would feel like they would feel more connected to it, like they were happening across, you know, something a friend was going through or a family member. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just really interesting that that you say that. We're thinking about a lot of the same things here, and I love it. This is it. awesome. <laughs> well, thank you for being here, and thank you for sharing your story. I'm really grateful that this was helpful for you, um, and you're welcome to share this on whatever you decide to share. And uh, where can people find your book? So they can find it on Amazon, uh, Target has it online, Barnes and Noble has it online. Um, and then my website, um, can we attach the, the link to the website to this? If you wanna say it, that's best. It's a little long and drawn out. It's that's a, okay. It's a Google website, but it's sites.google.com slash view slash poet Olivia Hamill slash home. Say it again. <laughs> sites.google.com slash view slash poet Olivia Hamill slash home. Awesome. Love it. I can send that to you too. Yeah, that'd be great. Thank you for being here. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome. This episode is brought to you by Safety in Freedom. Are you struggling to find safety in the freedom you create? Or maybe you're struggling to own your power, embrace who you are, and break free from those toxic patterns? Well, let's help you solve this problem today. Let's figure out what is really happening in your relationships with yourself and others. You can do that for free today at safetyinfreedom.com forward slash call. That is safetyinfreedom.com forward slash call. In addition, if you are looking for support with what we've been talking about in today's episode, I want to encourage you to get our free tools to help you navigate your freedom. You can go now to safetyinfreedom.com to get those resources. If you'd like access to the special resources and all the show notes for this special episode, make sure to visit theintimacytruths.com.